listening to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode three of the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Once again, you're joined by your co-hosts, Bob and Dan. Dan, what up? What up? How's everything How you going? you Bob? Oh, man, everything's going great. Just uh, actually just got back from dinner. We took my mom out for her birthday, so I'm full of wine and food that had a lot of cheese. But you have a little cheese, and <laughs> you did. play a little d and <laughs> I did. It was a lot. It was a lot of wine and cheese. <laughs> How about you, man? What's going on with you? I will tell uh, – I'll be honest with you, Bob. I might be a step or two slow today. I just got done with the uh, third annual Beer Olympics. And uh, placed in the place in the silver, so you know, not a bad showing, not as good as we were last year, but uh, still feeling a little bit, little bit sleepy. But I'm ready to roll. Let's do this. You got to take a Todd nap pretty soon. A Todd nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's uh, it's it's been a crazy week. Uh, got to go see the legend Mick Foley this week live and in concert, uh, talking about the 20th anniversary of Hell in the Cell. So it took me a full day to recover from that one. I was out with my brother-in-law Steve, and we won a little little too hard that night after the show. So back there in the hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, huh? You know, it's been in the 20 year to the day. So some fun things happening since the last time we talked. You had some activities, and looks like uh, I had some fun stuff as well. So let's. Well, uh, can I can I ask you a question, quick? Yeah, go for it. What was it like seeing the man, the myth, the legend, Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, mankind? Dude, it was awesome. In action. It was awesome. The place was completely sold out. Um, he had Nita Strauss come and play his entrance music in to invite him onto the stage, and then we got a uh, surprise that it's going to be recorded for the WWE Network. So, wow, you might see my. Uh, Myself and my brother-in-law Steve on that uh, live showing. So hopefully it's uh, available by the time the draft starts and we can watch it and make fun of each other while we're... uh and you got a chance to actually ask him a question is, is what uh, he told me, right? Yeah, it was cool. Uh, they did a question and answer afterwards. Don't know if that's going to be on the network, but um, you know, they had an official gentleman there going around and uh, providing the microphone to everybody. So it was really cool. It was something fun and random that uh, you know, I was a longtime wrestling fan. Uh, for $25, it was a no-brainer, so I'm glad. A little decided. bit of a Q&A, eh? <laughs> hey, mate. <laughs> so yeah, well, let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, get started, Dan. Um, I know last time that we talked, um, we wanted to give some shout outs because we've had a few people um, that have provided great response, great feedback to the podcast, and just wanted to acknowledge them because, like I said, we're starting from the ground up. So we want to make sure we acknowledge the people that take time to support us, help us grow as a small independent podcast. So. Um, do you want to go ahead and kick off? I know uh, a couple buddies of ours that uh, you wanted to give a shout out to. Oh, hell yeah. It's been a real grassroots effort here um, from Craig, the Fishman Fisher, spreading the word around, and uh, a good friend of ours. And also John Nolan. Big shout out to Johnny Nolan for uh, getting involved and uh, throwing us out some uh, love on Instagram and uh, throwing us some pointers via text message. Uh, good to hear that uh, you guys are enjoying it. Appreciate it. 
Yeah, man. Dan and I greatly appreciate it. We love the support. We love the interaction. I think we're going to plan on having Craig on possibly next week for our Dynasty discussion. So keep an eye on that as we uh, get ready for our fourth episode next week. Um, Well, we got the the Dynasty draft coming up here in like two or three weeks, Bob. So, I mean, Craig, I mean, he he might have some... uh, some interesting takes on things considering he's won that league three years running which is i mean that is impressive although he made some questionable moves which i think he would agree on uh in last year's season but still pulled out the win uh three-time dynasty champ craig fisher very impressive yeah so we're looking forward he wants to be a part of the show and i thought what a better time since he really has dominated that league that like i said we're only in year two here so craig we're coming for you brah It's a great idea, Bob. And then, Dan, I want to give a shout-out to a gentleman on Twitter that's been retweeting a lot of our polls, um, has been interacting with me um, on the side about a few things, and that's uh, the gentleman at the Fantasy Football Life, at Draft at drafting underscore king go ahead and give him a follow he produces some great youtube videos and and dan i wanted to mention while we're on the podcast here um he does uh, a, a recent youtube video about best ball leagues which i, I know i'm new to the concept uh, it's, it is a newer concept um and did some back and forth with him and might bring him on later uh before the season starts to talk some best ball so he's definitely interested and he's helping us grow on twitter and getting our stuff out there so big props to you at uh, the fantasy football life greatly appreciate it yeah yeah that's awesome i mean it, it is great just kind of having uh some other people who we don't even really know i mean craig and john are good friends of ours but to have some people who you know are just kind of uh trying to help us out get this thing up and running uh thank you i appreciate it much appreciated my man Yeah, so let's go ahead and actually it's a good segue because he helped retweet our latest poll from last week and got us a fair amount of votes out here. So let's go ahead and go over that and uh, get your thought, Dan, because it was really targeted towards your situation. So just a reminder, our poll last week was in a league where we can keep a player for one year at the round drafted last year. Who should Dan keep? Provide insights on why you took the player. Was it talent, round, value, or both? And Dan... The choices were Antonio Brown, round one. Gronk, round two. At pick two. six. At pick six. Exactly. Antonio, round, Antonio Brown, round one, at pick six. You had Gronk at round two, which would uh, put him in the middle of round two. And then yep. Leonard Fournette at round three. Would you like to give a guess on who our folks on Twitter thought that you should keep? You see, I... I, I... I already know what everyone was saying is four net in the third. Four net in the third is where you need to go because of how, uh, how much of a Greg value he is. But uh, that's what my, that's what my guess is that most people thought four net in the third round would be a Greg value and should be the keeper. Yeah, so Dan, I'll break it down for you here. Gronk, nobody thinks you should keep him. So <laughs> <laughs> you got 0% votes on that. Well, I can understand that, Bob, because usually, I mean – now, like in, in all of the drafts that I've been seeing and all the research that I've been doing, uh, where Gronk used to be like a second round, third round pick, he's going much later now than he's ever had before. And I think maybe like that injury bug's catching up with him a little bit, but it doesn't surprise me out of, out of those three. Nobody, nobody liked Gronk. Gronk got no love. That's fine. Yeah, and so, Dan, you were right on. Leonard Fournette got majority of the votes, 68%. Antonio Brown with 32 And let me give you some feedback we got on Twitter here. So, 
Checkmate412 uh, replied with, undoubtedly Fournette, to Greg a value to give up. So I gave him kudos for uh, using Greg value from last week's podcast. And our boy at the Fantasy Football Life uh, shared, Fournette without hesitation. The reason behind this is the value receiving from getting him in the third. And everybody else sort of dittoed off of that. So it's really the value that comes into play with Leonard Fournette now. This is uh, something that Dan's definitely going to still be taking into consideration, so it might be that value that comes into play for you. I mean, this is what I'm thinking about. When I'm looking at this, I have the opportunity to have – I think it's unquestioned. It's, it's There's no question that Antonio Brown's the number one ranked receiver uh, and probably at least a top four pick. So here's the question is that, okay, I get it. I'm still getting Antonio Brown in the first round. But I'm not getting him at one of those one, two, three, four picks. I'm getting him at the sixth pick, and then I got someone else at the turn. So, I mean, I, I don't. I think it's an easy question when you look at it straight up. Okay, four net in the third makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. But when you think about it, I think, uh, you know, Antonio Brown at the sixth pick, that's a bargain. That's a bargain. You're getting a top three pick at the sixth spot. So, that, I mean, I get everyone's opinion. I, I don't necessarily disagree with it, but there is some question there as to whether you think uh, Antonio Brown is a bargain or a Greg value at that sixth pick there, Bob. Yeah, and I mean, he's such a game changer, and this is where you have to know your league setting. I think that's where it's very important. So like we said back on episode one, we reward big plays, we reward over 100 yards receiving, and he's in any form of PPR, a monster in that regard. So he's such a game changer and he's so reliable at the wide receiver spot that, I mean, I think I drafted him maybe five years ago and I haven't even been able to sniff him any years since. And I would love to have somebody like that on my team that, especially because we play three wide receivers and a flex. So in theory, you could play four wide receivers. So to have him as your stalwart and know that he's going to put up monster numbers, it's hard to avoid that. And to me, he's still a value at the spot you're picking in, which I agree with your synopsis. Here's the other thing is that I get it. I mean, someone uh, gave us a little bit of a shout out. Sounded like a little bit of a Homer podcast last week. Fine. I get it. I'm a Steeler fan. I'm a Homer. You know what? I'm fine with that when I get Antonio Brown on my team. I get to watch my favorite player on my favorite team be the best player on my fantasy squad. That's the best of both worlds, Bob. There's no questioning that that's a fantastic deal right there. And uh, when you get the opportunity to have Antonio Brown on your team, uh, I pretty much own, I own the right to Antonio Brown right now. I can do with it as I see fit. Uh, and to be honest with you, I'm, I'm going to be talking myself into making that Antonio Brown pick right now. But... I don't know. I'm still torn. I probably won't decide probably till, uh, you know, I actually have to like send the pick in. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, and the good thing about that is today's episode, we're going to be doing mock drafts. So this is the best way to understand and gather a draft strategy before we get into the draft. And we've been in a league together for pushing 10 years now with a lot of the same players. So we know some draft uh, habits that we have. So, you know, once you build this team and we talk through this team, that may provide you the insight that you need to say, okay, this didn't work out the way I would, or hey, this did, so I'm going to go this route. So to me, mock drafts are the most important thing besides your your research that you do ahead of time here's the question bob here's the question uh mock drafts 
I agree with you. Very important. I mean, it, you see how things fall. You see where certain players are going to land. You can kind of plan ahead. But there is that one person out there who's a complete wild card, who does the unexpected, who's going to pick somebody like Drew Brees in the first round. I mean, can you can you anticipate that, Bob? I mean, is there a way for us to be able to uh, kind of see what uh, Derek's going to do? I don't know. I don't think there's a way to do that. I mean, he threw me off last year. He completely threw me off last year. I did not expect him to uh, kind of draft the way that he did. Uh, and I think that's one of the best parts about doing the live draft is you actually have the guy walk up there, place the name on the big board, and uh, you really don't know what's going to happen, especially when you have a couple wild cards like we do in our league. Yeah, Dan, I thought you almost were going to fall out of your seat last year when he bypassed Antonio Brown and he fell into your lap. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it was the mo- I mean, I never get a chance to have somebody like Antonio Brown. I never had a chance. I mean, the only reason I was there is because my teams were so terrible before that I actually had a decent spot in the draft this year. I mean, it was outstanding. When he's when he passed on Antonio Brown, um, it might have been one of the greatest moments in my fantasy football life because I finally got somebody. I finally got one of those studs. And you know what? I, I don't I don't see how I could not have him on my team next year, but who knows? Maybe uh, reason will prevail and not go with Fournette, but uh, I'll be honest with you right now. Things aren't looking good for him. All right. So once again, thanks everybody for providing their feedback on Twitter. Like after every episode, we're going to have a poll and we'll discuss that poll after we do our upcoming mock draft. But we really appreciate all the feedback and we look forward to interacting with you guys further uh, on Twitter as we continue to pump out these shows week after week. Um, So with that in mind, Dan, why don't we go ahead and get ready for our first mock draft? Let's get crafty. Time. Two. Mock. What did you say? So, the tool that we're going to use here is a great tool for customizable mock drafts that we can control and not have to worry about people falling out. If you, you know, I used to go on ESPN all the time to do my mock drafts, and um, thing you would get is you'd wait for 10 people to get in and then they would decide to not pick or not ever sign into the room and you're sort of left waiting and then the auto drafts occur well the tool that we're going to use is called sleeper bot and before the episode started i was able to construct a half point ppr mock draft 10 teams 16 rounds we're going to make it just like our league of record that we do in august i left out the defensive player dan i didn't think there was much value in adding that in although sleeper bot does have the ability to put that in there but we're going to go ahead and go through the draft together and the good thing is we can pause it and talk about where we're at we have enough time in our picks where dan can give his insight when he's ready to pick when i come up to pick we can take that time and discuss hey here's the players we're looking at and i think it's going to make for a real fun episode as we go through our thought process in this mock draft yeah and the other thing is is that uh you and i are not drafting from like some uh, I guess classic positions. I mean, I'm drafting from the sixth spot. You're drafting from the ninth spot. Good for you, Jack, because that's because you've been winning so much. But yeah, I mean, I think I personally hate drafting where I am right now. I hate being in the sixth spot because you're like right in the middle. Like there's not, I mean, I love, I would rather be at the very beginning or the very end because, you know, you love that turn. That turn, you get some great 
it's a really great option to build a team right there from that turn. So I'm kind of jealous that you're from the ninth spot this year, Bob. Yeah, I honestly love drafting from the end. Um, you know, it's just you can sort of map out exactly who you're going to get. And I'm going to talk through that as I get to my turns and um, we'll speak through it. So the way this is going to work is once we begin the draft, um, you know, we have every other position that we have not claimed are going to be auto picked. I'm going to go ahead and try and read those off. Um, probably about midway through, we'll sort of take a pause and speak to where our teams are at now, where our heads are at as far as this is concerned. <laughs> And we'll go ahead and provide any insight along the way. So, Dan, are you ready to get started? Let's do it. All right, let's go ahead and begin. So the dra- so the draft wow. has begun, and surprise, Dan is up. But let me go ahead and give some insight here. We had David Johnson, Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott. Le'Veon Bell and Saquon Barkley. So running back heavy. Man, Saquon Barkley. Well, here's the problem, Bob, is that, I mean, I mean, I would love to have Kamara on my team, but he's not going to be available early. He's, he's going to be a keeper. If he's not a keeper, I will be shocked. So, yeah, 781, you better keep him for the round yeah. value that you got him for. 781. Yep. So, you know, you know what? Let's just see what happens if I keep Antonio Brown. So, uh, you know, what? I'm going to keep AB. Uh, he's going to be my first pick off the board here at number six, which is actually surprising because I would have thought that he would have been already off the table, already gone. But I'm going to take him right now. All right. And following Dan uh, at the sixth spot, at the seventh spot was DeAndre Hopkins, eight spot Alvin Kamara. And now I am up. So... You know, I talked a big game on the last podcast about Mr. Melvin Gordon. Yep. There he is. Yep. And here's what I'm thinking. So as we saw, six of the first eight picks were high-end running backs. Looking at the draft board, I I like Kareem Hunt, but he's probably going to be a keeper as well. So I'm keeping that in mind. Leonard Fournette, I, I like as well. But to me, Melvin Gordon has so much upside. He's already proven over the past two years that he's going to get a heavy workload. I can't pass him up, especially when I talked to Big Game and said, hey, if he's at nine, I'm going to take him. So I'm staring at him at position nine, and that's who I'm going to draft is Melvin Gordon. That's actually uh, – that that is interesting to me because uh, as – I mean, you could have had Fournette. You chose not to take him. Uh, so I feel like maybe I'm a little bit more, more spot on in this AB pick than maybe most people think. But we'll, we'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah, so... We got it to turn here, Bob. So, yeah, ooh, Kareem ooh. Hunt went, Leonard Fournette right after that, and now I'm back on the clock. And really, I mean, this is a guy, when he's healthy, I mean, he's such a monster at the wide receiver position. And if I can start my team off with an outright number one wide receiver... And a consistent number one high-end running back that has been producing over the past two years at that high level. (laughs) That's a great way to start my team. So at the second pick of the second round, I'm taking Odell Beckham Jr. Man, can you imagine? Like, we already know, if you've been listening already, uh, that it's you're not just taking Melvin Gordon. You also have Zeke sitting there on your bench already. So right now, let's think about this team, Bob, that you've got a potential to have Zeke as your number one running back, Melvin Gordon as your number two, and now you're going in there with Hotel Beckham as your number one wide receiver. 
uh, that's intense, man. That's a great team already. I mean, I love it already. Yeah, man. I just see so much touchdown potential with all three of those players, and touchdowns are king. So, I mean, <laughs> that's sort of my mentality, and I'm hoping that the people that are in our league listening to this don't derail my plans, but um, <laughs> this is what I was thinking in last episode when I talked up Melvin Gordon, thinking Zeke already in the background, knowing that I'd get a high-end wide receiver because it seems to go running back heavy in the first round. I mean, there are so many running backs off the board already. I mean, I feel like if I don't get one of these top-tier guys, uh, then I'm going to be in some serious trouble here. So, I mean, I'm looking at the backs that are available. Uh so we got Dalvin Cook, Freeman, McCoy. Um, we both know our concerns with Shady. So, uh, but he's going to get fed the ball a lot. Uh, I got. I, I can't pass Dalvin up. I've got to go Dalvin Cook. Uh, we've got big expectations from that Minnesota uh, offense coming this year. Although we weren't thrilled about Kirk Cousins with the new system, but Dalvin before he was hurt last year was putting up some monster numbers, and uh, he's had the season to heal. So. I feel like Antonio Brown, Dalvin Cook, nice one-two punch. And if they can get that play action moving, um, you know, that's going to be a pretty mean offense. So I'm going to go Dalvin Cook. Yeah, man. Uh, that's who I was looking at in the queue whenever um, you were picking that I thought could be of value. Man, those running backs are just flying off. I mean, I mean, if you look at this in the first three rounds, it's been running back, running back, running back running back receiver receiver running back running back running back running back running back receiver running back i mean it's one of those things where i mean i feel like if you have a chance to keep one of those big time running backs oh uh, you got you've got to take the opportunity because they're they are going to fly off the board and the problem with our league bob is that some of those uh running backs that are hot this year were rookies last year who people got late in the late in the draft so Oh, man. Yeah, Dan, let me take a moment to read off uh, second round. So it started off with the first pick of the second round, Leonard Fournette. Uh, I took Odell Beckham. Then it went Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Dan Snag, Dalvin Cook, Keenan Allen, LaShawn McCoy, A.J. Green, Jordan Howard, Jarek McKinnon. Start of the third round, Devonta Freeman, Christian McCaffrey, Devontae Adams, Doug Baldwin, Mike Evans. So, Dan, you've got Antonio and Dalvin Cook. Where do you think your mind's at right now as far as your uh, draft's position is concerned? Uh, I mean, there are still a lot of top-flight receivers there, but if you look at the backs, there's is not that many left. Uh, so, I mean, you really have to go between some rookies who are trying to jump in there or a couple of... Hmm. I'll be honest with you, Bob. Uh, if I'm going for points, if I'm going for high quality uh, players, uh, I'm taking him. I'm, I have to. Uh, if he survives to this point, I can't pass up the I touchdown potential. Taking. Yeah, you gotta love him. You know it, and I know it. We both love him. Big Rob. <laughs> Robbie Gronkowski. And honestly, Dan, if you didn't pick him and he fell to me, it was exactly who I was picking. So I think it's a no-brainer at the third round. With Julian Edelman possibly facing a suspension, if he's healthy, he's going to absolutely dominate in the middle of the sure. field like he always does. I mean, regardless of who's healthy, who's not. I mean, he just dominates the game. So I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer. The, the other person that I was thinking was uh, Mixon. But 
I mean, I had a I had a team last year that was consistent, and I had a almost number one type player at every single position. And the other thing is, is that at the tight end position, it's unquestioned. There's nobody else who's going to put up the numbers that Rob Gronkowski puts up. It's, I mean, he's a machine. He's a he's an animal. He takes games over. I mean, to have that out of that position. I can't pass it up in the third round. I've got to take him. I had to. It's my only chance to be competitive. Yeah, man. I, it's, it's a no-brainer, especially in 10-team leagues, because he could be a real difference maker at that position. Who do you like, Bob? You're up. So, so yeah, uh, let's go ahead. Rob Gronkowski, and then followed by Joe Mixon and Tyreek Hill. I'm sitting up at my pick here. And there's a gentleman sitting there that I even tossed around as a keeper selection because I got him so late last year, and he produced as a wide receiver one. And oh, just you looking, got the feeling? Uh, I think you I got, got a feeling. feeling? <laughs> I think I'm feeling it right you now. You lost that love and feeling? <laughs> I think I found it back again in the back of the third <laughs> round. So I'm going to go ahead and take Adam Thielen. Look, you know, Kirk Cousins coming in. <laughs> Worst case scenario, he plays as well as Case Keenum did last year. Right. My thought is it's going to be a much better quarterback situation for him. And Thielen proved that he didn't need touchdowns to dominate games. He was able to finish as a wide receiver one with, I believe, four touchdowns last year. So you figure that's got to go up by hopefully two. That's just going to push him up even further. And to pair him with Odell Beckham and Melvin Gordon, I don't like any running backs. And who else do you pair pairing him with, Bob? Who would that be? Oh, that would be Zeke. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, for those listening, Zeke would already have been my keeper in this pick. So what I would hope in that situation is Thielen would get back to me in the fourth round. But because we're not inputting keepers, I'm just going to act as if uh, Zeke's long gone on my team. But I think I could still still pair him in the fourth round, too. I mean, I I think Thielen could fall back to me in that situation with our our league. I would agree with that. But, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and pick Thielen and see what comes back on the turn. Wow, Kelsey. Yeah. Mm. Kelsey and then T.Y. Hilton had started the fourth round. So I'm back up again, and I was actually hoping Kelsey would get back to me because I thought about going early. But (laughs) in all honesty, now I'm going to be sitting on tight ends, so I'm not even going to look at tight ends. And um, Aaron Rodgers is staring there, but I'm I'm of the mind – uh, I'm going to wait on quarterbacks, too. So that brings it back to running backs and wide receivers. Let's take a look at the running backs I have available here. There's Derrick Henry, Darius Geis, Jay Ajayi, Alex Collins, Rashad Penny. This is getting ugly, dude. I- I'm yep. I'm not feeling really any of these right now. Um, That's a good idea, Bob. Don't, don't pick any of those guys, please. <laughs> well, there's a, <laughs> so there is a guy that I think there's some overblown concerns. Um, he worked in a timeshare last year and towards the end of the season really showed what he's made out of. Um, as much as I'm scared off of that, there are some wide receivers I'd like too. So there's Josh Gordon, Stefan Diggs. I think I'm going to take a left turn and uh, avoid running back for another round. And he's just old, reliable. He's a machine when it comes to point per reception, and we're doing a half point per reception. I think he's got one more year left in him. This isn't a dynasty league we're in, so I don't have to worry about keeping him past this year. I'm going to go with Larry Fitz. Wow. Wow. 
That, that seems a bit early to me to go Larry Fitz. I mean, I can't fault you. I mean, you're right. He is Mr. Reliable. Um, but at this point, uh, I mean, there are some good receivers there. Uh, just kind of looking at what's left, you got Stephon Diggs, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is probably one of those players that I need to see it because I made a trade to get Mark Ingram, but Amari Cooper was part of it, and boy, was he a wasteland. So he's on probably a lot of my do-not-draft list just because yeah. I need to see it happen again. Well, there's, I mean, there's uh, Aldrich Robinson, but you know what? Uh, I have to have a running back. I mean, I'm, I feel confident that I've got a you know a top flight receiver i've got a top flight back i've got a you know a top flight uh tight end at this point so um, i'm gonna take somebody that you and i uh, are proud owners of in the dynasty draft and i'm going with derrick henry yeah man that's who i was really considering at that point too so let's go ahead and see I'll give are, you a rundown. Surpri- are you surprised that juju is going this high uh, in a fantasy draft, I mean, he's really like a number two type receiver on um, our favorite team. But I mean, uh, is it like kind of like we, we were expecting with Martavis Bryant these last couple of years? Uh, I mean, it very well could be. He definitely showed flashes. Um, I'm a little concerned in the final game of the season against Jacksonville. He was pretty much, I don't want to say phased out, but he didn't really produce at all. And Vance McDonald stepped up and filled a big hole. So you don't know if Ben's going to be more comfortable featuring the tight end again or if it was just a one-game aberration. And looking at that team, that team that picked Juju Smith-Schuster, that's their number one wide receiver. And so they're looking at David Johnson, Jarek McKinnon, and Devonta Freeman, Juju, and Darius Geis. So they're very running back heavy. Yeah, wow. As a number one wide receiver, that's going to be tough. I don't I, I mean, I don't like expecting or having to rely on him to be the number one type guy. I mean, I get those running backs are going to have value, but there's got to be some balance to that team. And from the way that that team is drafting, uh, you know, I don't see a lot of that there. I mean, you can only play a couple of those running backs at a time, so... Yeah, especially in our league. If you think Juju's going to, you know, produce like A.J. Green, uh, Devontae Adams, uh, but even, I mean, Stephon Diggs was there. I I would rather have Stephon Diggs than Juju uh, as my number one if I'm going that running back heavy early on. Yeah, so let me go ahead and read the fourth round. So start off with T.Y. Hilton. I took Larry Fitzgerald, followed by Josh Gordon, Kenyon Drake, Derek Henry to Dan. Aaron Rodgers, first quarterback off the board, middle of the fourth round. Jay Ajayi, Alex Collins, Stefan Diggs, Juju Smith-Schuster. Start off the fifth round, we had Darius Geis, Zach Ertz, Amari Cooper, Rashad Penny, Sony Michelle, and that leaves it to Dan. So, Dan, what are your thoughts uh, as far as your mind picking in the fifth round here? Well, uh, I think I need to get some help for uh, old AB here. And you know what? We have this uh, quarterback on our dynasty roster. We I, we expect him to be pretty good, uh, not necessarily this year, but in a couple of years afterwards. But this guy was so great in Jacksonville uh, with a subpar quarterback. I mean, we love joking about uh, garbage time Blake, and this guy was a uh, king of that garbage time. So I'm going with Aldrick Robinson. 
just to make sure, are you, you're talking Alan Robinson, correct? Alan Robinson, yeah, sorry. That, no, that's all right. I just want to make sure so our listeners, uh, I'm sure they knew, but just want to clarify that. So, yeah. Ooh, I mean, there he is, Deshaun Watson, right off, right off the board after that. Yeah, QB number two, uh, drafted overall. So you talked him up, man. He's definitely going to get that hype, and if he's healthy, he could be one of those watch-out type of players. Ooh, that's a nasty team. DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones. Uh, Joe Mixon, Kenyon Drake, not not that great, but Deshaun Watson. I mean, I think that team, yeah, that's a pretty nice team. I like that one. Yeah, so I'm looking at a team that I have one running back and three wide receivers. So I'm definitely going to have to look running back in this regard. Um, I mean, looking at the board, boy, he's been underwhelming, but I don't know if he's going to have much competition if Deonta Foreman is not healthy. Um, as a number two running back, if he could just be reliable, and I think having Deshaun Watson for the whole year can make him a little more dynamic <laughs> like he was in mm, Miami yep. before he came. Yep. So at this point, with the running back help needed, I'm going to take Lamar Miller. It's a nice pick. I like it. He's been, he has been good down there in Houston, Bob. I mean, he has had some really nice games, and that's a nice offense. I mean, they're really going to be able to move the ball, I think, and I think he's going to really kind of uh, shine. Uh, with Deshaun Watson as the QB down there. And, I mean, you can't fault the uh, running game when you have such a lethal passing attack with uh, DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Will Fuller. So, nice pick. I like it. Thank you. And so after Lamar Miller went Alshon Jeffrey to close the fifth round, starting the sixth was Brandon Cooks. And I'm going to go ahead and talk about my pick in the sixth round here. So I feel pretty darn confident about my wide receiver trio that I have. So I I don't think I need to pay too much attention, even though I could use one in the flex. Um, I I still see a lot of wide receivers that I like. And so I'm not going to necessarily zero in right there. Uh, what I do want to pay attention to is the running backs that um, I think I could use another one right now before it gets a little too late. Um, and I'm staring at some rookies that could take over the lead role. An old veteran like Marshawn Lynch that I think showed flashes at the end of the year. And will John Gruden sort of showcase him and, and pound him? Beast mode. Yeah, I mean, he was playing well at the end of the year. So... It's between him and Royce Freeman in Denver because I think Denver's running back core is poop. I don't see any of them <laughs> offering much. Um, and I think Man, Royce... there, there is so much hype around Royce Freeman. There's so much hype around that dude. So uh, it would not shock me if you took Royce at this point. Yeah, and I can even put him on the bench to see how he develops. So I think I'd rather take a run at. Uh, a running back like that that could grow into the role and take over it with very little competition. You know, Oakland brought in Doug... um, uh, Why am I drawing a blank here? Marshawn Lynch and from Tampa Bay, Doug... The Muscle Hamster. Yeah. Doug Martin. Yeah, I don't know why I drew a blank on his last name there, (laughs) but um, it's because he only plays like every three years, maybe. Right. But but yeah, I'm going to go ahead and choose Royce Freeman. Ooh... I mean, I, I think we both think that that offense is going to be a lot better this year. Uh, they have, they should have more consistent quarterback play with Case Keenum there, and they also have a stellar group of receivers with uh, Demarius Thomas and oh man, I'm blanking on his name right Emmanuel now. Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders. Yep. Uh, former Steeler. Yeah. So. 
Uh, I think that uh, that's a good pick. I mean, that's it's got nothing but upside on that one right there, Bob. Yeah, and I just didn't like really what I was looking at otherwise, uh, running back-wise. Wide receivers, I still have some that I like, but uh, I just thought, why not take some upside? I've got a proven guy in Melvin Gordon. Lamar Miller is what he is. Might as well get some upside on the bench, possibly flex him immediately if he takes over the role. Yeah, and and you know what? The, there is There are some backs there. I mean... Uh, marking room still available. I think that after he comes back, uh, if Kamara hasn't blown uh, the leak out of the water yet, because there's definitely a chance that that's going to happen. If if Kamara has a chance to take over that role, uh, we said this before. Like, why not keep feeding the beast? But you know, Mark Ingram has shown himself to be a very good uh, running back and a high quality fantasy option, but. Uh, you know, I'm going with somebody who's always been reliable to me. Uh, a guy who is a PPR machine and who is fantastic after the catch. A guy who uh, likes to work the middle of the field. And uh, also, uh, you know, if I can pair him with a uh, Greg value later in the round, I'll be fine with that. And I'm going to take Golden Tate right here. Yeah, man. Uh, I definitely like that call. Like you said, he may not score a ton of touchdowns, but you know Matt Stafford's going to pass the ball, and he's a touchdown, or not a touchdown, but a reception machine in that offense. So, I mean, to pair him with Antonio Brown. I was really hoping that uh, Rossi... Rossi Bussy Wilson would make his way back to me at the turn, but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. So, uh, yeah, Dan, nah. let me go ahead and give a recap while you're thinking about your pick since you're up. So, once again, start of the sixth round, Brandon Cooks. I took Royce Freeman, Demarius Thomas, Deion Lewis. Dan took Golden Tate, uh, Mark Ingram, Ronald Jones, Marvin Jones, Tom Brady, and Chris Hogan close out the sixth. To start the seventh, we had Russell Wilson, Jarvis Landry, Drew Brees, Greg Olson, <laughs> Michael Crabtree, and Dan. We're gonna go ahead. Um, we're gonna go through one more round after this, and then I'd like to pause it at the end of the eighth and sort of just talk about where our teams are at. Um, but Dan is up with his pick in the seventh round. So, what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, if if Russell Wilson would have been here. I would have taken him. Um, but now that he's off the board, I don't feel as compelled to pick a quarterback at this point. Uh, I mean, if I can grab high-quality skill position players at this point, I would rather do that. Um, so, you know, I'm going to get – I'm going to go back to somebody, you know, old reliable here. Uh, somebody who um, – I think is going to have a good season. Uh, he's he was out, he was retired, came back, uh, and I expect him to be eating a lot of Skittles this year. So I'm going to go uh, Marshawn Lynch. Ah, oh, you jerk! <laughs> That's exactly who I was thinking of. I, th- I thought he'd make it back to me after talking him up there and bypassing him for Royce Freeman. I thought he would fall back to me, but he did not. So good pick. I mean. Pair him with Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry as your third running back option. If he plays like he did on the second half of the season and end of season, I mean, he could be a machine, not to the levels he was back in his prime in Seattle, but he could definitely be a high-end running back too if he can get the ball like he was at the end of season there. Oh, absolutely. And and to hear uh, in this position have him even be the flex uh, on my team 
uh, I feel like that is a solid player right there and definitely somebody who I feel pretty good about having uh, to plug in on my bye week when Dalvin's off or Derrick Henry aren't available. Uh, I, I, I love rolling Marshawn Lynch out there. I mean, high-quality player. Yeah, and right after Marshawn Lynch went Tevin Coleman and then Carson Wentz. So we've got one, two, three, four, five, six of the ten teams currently have quarterbacks. So once again, there's so many quarterbacks that I like on the board, so I'm going to keep waiting off on that for right now. And right now what I'm looking at is a wide receiver who is getting a lot of hype after he just changed teams. Mm. Um, And... To get him as a possible flex, I mean, I'm buying into the hype a little bit here. He has produced before in Buffalo. Didn't produce to the extent that you would think in the Rams, but I think that was just a late trade and he never got it going. People are talking him up as being a high-end producer already in that offense. And if Pat Mahomes is the real deal and can really throw it down the field and you have Tyreek Hill going to take the top off defenses and be a threat on the other side, Sammy Watkins could see a lot of single coverage and get back to form like he was in Buffalo. So as my fourth wide receiver, I'm going Sammy Watkins. Well, the other thing is that you see some of the news that's coming out of Kansas City, Bob, and it seems to me like they're moving him around a lot in that offense. So it's just not going to be Sammy Watkins streaking down the field and, you know, catching those deep balls. It seems like to me that they're trying to make him do some different things, and he's good in space. I mean, he's good after the catch, so uh, good pick. I love I think that Kansas City team is going to be good this year. Uh, I don't think they're going to take that much of a step back with Alex Smith not at the helm because uh, I think Mr. Uh, Pat Mahomes is going to be a little bit more athletic. He's going to be, moving, be able to move around the pocket a little bit more, and uh, like that offense is going to be just a little bit more dynamic, almost like the Deshaun Watson effect. Yeah, and that's uh, that's the hope. That's sort of the leap of faith I'm taking with Watkins. I- I'll be honest, I never really – targeted him any other year but in the seventh round as a fourth wide receiver and somebody that i can plug into the flex at any time if he really catches fire um you know i i think my wide receiver core now is pretty much set in stone and i could focus really everywhere else at this point and maybe just pick up another wide receiver later in the draft so uh, i feel like that's a greg value (laughs) real greg (laughs) going right to walmart and picking up them greg values <laughs> All right. So I think what I want to attack here, still a ton of quarterbacks I like. I would have thought Cam Newton, but he got sniped right there at the beginning of the eighth round, which I would have probably taken him there. Um, tight I ends. mean, I think if you can get Cam in the eighth round, I mean, Cam Newton's still a dual threat quarterback. I mean, he is still one of the better rushing quarterbacks in the league. Uh, I think a lot of people sleep on Cam. Cam is a fantastic quarterback. I mean, I had him at some point last season, and he had like a string of maybe two bad games, and I gave up on him. Uh, biggest mistake of my season. I wish I would have just, you know, saw it through, played it out, because uh, he came back with a vengeance and just kind of set the league on fire after that. I mean, I, I feel like if you can grab him at this point, if you could have got him, man, that would have been a bargain. That would have been great. Yeah, and I mean, Cam Newton has personally kept me out of two championship games because he just went... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he seriously, the one year I met... He went, Cam went ham. (laughs) Yeah, I'll never forget it because I was playing Kurt, and he had Odell Beckham going as his wide receiver one and Cam Newton, and they were playing each other, the Panthers and the Giants. And... 
early on, Cam got hit hard, I believe, right in the ribs, and it looked like he was going out. And I never wish for injury, but I thought, man, at worst case scenario, maybe they take the ball out of his hands and try to run it a lot. Oh, no, I think he passed for like 400 yards, three touchdowns, and <laughs> ran one in. And then Odell Beckham yeah, went yeah. for 102 or something like that. I mean, it was just like, wow. Those two. Well, thanks pers- a lot. Thanks, Cam. Yep. So. So yeah, back to so I'm up uh, on the eighth round here, and I definitely want to go running back. Um, I'm really banking on Andrew Luck getting healthy with this pick, and hmm. Robert Turbin just got suspended. Did I think of him as a threat? You know what? I'm actually talking myself out of this because I just don't like. <laughs> I just don't know if I like this player. And you know what? I'm gonna go upside. I'm seeing. A gentleman down below here that's part of a revamped offense. He bursted out of the gates uh, at the beginning of the season. Um, and I'm going to take an upside pick and just see if Tariq Cohen can pick it up and become wow. more of an asset in the passing down role. He's been getting talked up a lot. I still think Jordan Howard is going to dominate a lot of the running uh, possessions. But, I mean, if he can be anything in the receptions game... I'd rather take a swing at upside at this point, and he did flash it for a game or two and just hope that the whole new coaching uh, change, get John Fox out of there and his archaic offensive schemes and just see if they can do something with Tariq Cohen. So I think I'm going to go him. Let me ask you something, Bob. Uh, So you took Tariq Cohen there. Uh, Last round, the pick right after me was Tevin Coleman. Uh, I see those guys as very similar players in very similar situations uh there's a lot of hype about tevin coleman just like there's a lot of hype about Terry cohen uh are you surprised that i mean who would you rather have would you rather have Terry cohen or tevin coleman i don't see very much difference between the two of them but coleman's off a whole round earlier than cohen is i mean if he would have fell i probably would have taken tevin coleman um seems like he's getting more involved i mean he's in a complete timeshare and so is Tariq Cohen. So, I mean, it's one and the same. But Tevin Coleman has shown that he can produce if, you know, Devonta Freeman's struggling with injuries. Um, I probably would have won Tevin Coleman, honestly. I, I just think he's a better overall back. Cohen has only shown that he can really do it in the passing game mm-hmm. uh, as of mm-hmm. last year. And it's a complete upside swing. Um, when we pause it after this round, I, I, I don't know if I'm in love with my running backs, but we'll talk about that in more detail after the end of this round here oh, I'm very I am very very torn on what to do uh, I'll be honest with you here Bob I mean there are there are some backs that I'm interested in uh, there's some receivers that I'm interested in um, and there's nobody at quarterback that I'm that I feel like I need to grab right away so I think I'm going to go uh, receiver here, and I know that he's been uh, – I know he's going to be suspended, and I know that he's not going to have those first three games. Uh, but you know what? I feel like I've got three other guys there who are going to be able to carry the weight until he comes back. And when he is back, he's the best receiver on that team other than Gronk. So uh, I'm going with Julian Edelman at this spot.
And Dan, I didn't mean to go silent there. I just wanted to go ahead and pause the draft. We'll take a break in the middle of the draft here. And yeah, Julian Edelman, I mean, there's a possibility he may not even get suspended. So to get him in the eighth round, it sounds like there's some reasonable doubt out there that he will even get suspended. Um, So, I mean, in the eighth round, as your fourth wide receiver, you could flex him and fill him in on bye weeks. I mean, you know he's going to catch a ton of passes. Yeah, that's pretty. And I I know that there are some people who are like, oh, well, I don't want so many people from one team on my fantasy squad. But uh, if Tom Brady's the quarterback that's throwing the ball, I'm fine having two Patriots. Um, As a Steeler fan, it pains me to – you know, have such a Patriot heavy fantasy team. But at the same time, uh, that guy spreads the ball out. He's the best quarterback in the league, uh, potentially the best quarterback in league history. So I am fine having two Patriots on my squad at this point. Yeah. So Dan, I'm going to read through your team. We'll give some quick thoughts um, and then I'll read through mine, give some quick thoughts and then we'll resume. So Dan has Antonio Brown, Dalvin cook, Rob Gronkowski, Derek Henry, Allen Robinson, Golden Tate, Marshawn Lynch, and Julian Edelman. So what do you think so far, Dan? I'm happy with this. I uh, So I am pretty pleased with this. Uh, I've got uh, kind of I'm, – I'm doing kind of the same strategy that I had last year. Like I want a top player at each position. I, I potentially want to have somebody who's going to be in those top five, receiver, running back, tight end. I have got the number one receiver. I have got the number one tight end. I have a fantastic young running back. Uh, so I am very happy with kind of how this has fell out at this point. And, you know, the, the other guys who are, who are uh, backing up the team are nothing to seize out either. I mean, Allen Robinson, Gold Tate, very good players. And Marshawn Lynch and Edelman, I mean, eight in the eighth round, that's a bargain right there. I can't believe he fell to me. That's unbelievable. But um, I'm pretty happy with the team. I like it. Yeah, Dan, when you can have two outright number one players at the position, uh, that's a pretty nice advantage that you have. And I think I like your team more than mine as of right now. Oh, I mean, that's funny because I was just looking at your team and I was like, but I like your team more than mine. <laughs> yeah, so let's let's go through mine so we can get uh, back to the draft. But I think you're, you're doing great so far, especially in that middle which uh, a lot of people don't like drafting in the middle, but, I mean, you're hitting a lot of home runs with the way your draft fell to you. So, I mean, it's going to be a hell of a team to go up against week after week. Um, So mine is Melvin Gordon, Odell Beckham, Adam Thielen, Larry Fitzgerald, Lamar Miller, Royce Freeman, Sammy Watkins, and Tara Cohen. I mean, first off, my wide receivers, I love them. My running backs outside of Melvin Gordon – could be a little underperforming. I need somebody to step up if I'm looking at my running backs. And that's the one thing that concerns me is should I have – boy, but passing up on Odell Beckham, is do I bypass right. Odell Beckham for somebody like Dalvin Cook or do I just Dalvin know – Shady, Jordan Howard, McKinnon, Devonta Freeman, McCafferty. I mean, I, I have to agree with you. You have to grab that big-time talent and – Let's not let's like not forget about who we're talking about here. We're talking about Odell Beckham, who was a first round draft pick last year. Last year, people were taking him right around the same time people were taking Antonio Brown. So it is not a I mean, to me, you getting Odell Beckham as your second round pick is an outstanding value. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. Right now, what I'm looking at is my wide receivers are going to carry the load for my team. Um, I'd like to maybe get another upside running back that, you know, if it hits to pair with Melvin Gordon, I'll feel very happy about. I have not addressed the tight end or quarterback position, but let's go ahead, Dan, and I'm going to unpause the draft, and we're going to go ahead and see how the rest of this plays out. Let's roll. And I actually hope people can hear the sound effects because I think it's great as they keep coming. Can, can you hear that too? I can't. I can't I, it doesn't come through for me. But. Oh, that's great. It might just be through my headphones, but I think it's hilarious. Like it sounded like the you know the church sound when we restarted the draft. Like oh, <laughs> so I thought it was hilarious. So let me read off uh, Dan's up to pick. But to start the ninth round, we had Aaron Jones from Green Bay, Carlos Hyde, Corey Davis, Pierre Garcon. Devin Funches, and Dan, you're up in the ninth round. So what are you looking at? Bunches of Funches. Uh, I can, I am actually more intrigued by that Aaron Jones pick. I mean, I get it's uh, it's kind of going through the algorithm, algorithms and it's uh, the computer and stuff like that. But I, I don't know. I, I think both of us like uh, Jamal Williams more in that Green Bay backfield than Aaron Jones. But uh, So I have got... I'm pretty set on man there's some there's some value there Greg Ooh. value Greg value Oh uh, you know what I, I, I can't pass it up uh, there are some really there are some pretty good receivers there um, but there are some pretty Greg receivers there and you know what I, I I'm gonna go with. Uh, a guy who I think came out of nowhere last year uh, and just kind of had a barn burner of a season. I mean, he was kind of uh, an afterthought when he was in Buffalo, and now he went to L.A., and he just tore it up last year, and I'm going with Robert Woods. And he's got a great first name, by the way. <laughs> oh, man, right before I was going to pick him. I talked Rexy? him up. Yep, I talked him up on the last episode. I said, boy, that would be a nice fifth or I'm sorry, fourth running back. No, fifth. I'm sorry. I man, I was really hoping he would fall to me. But yeah, Robert Woods, it looked like he became the number one, and he has the possibility of keeping that position locked down, even with Brandon Cooks coming down. You liked what you saw out of the Los Angeles Rams offense. Do I think it'll be that prolific? No, but I mean, he showed that he can really play, and I like that pick. Yeah, and the other thing is is that, uh, I mean, you and I are both uh, Brandon Cooks owners. We expected him just to kind of blow the roof off the place in New England last year. Uh, he didn't really do that, but he still had a really nice season. He had a nice couple of games there. Uh, I was a little surprised to see that they dealt him, and uh, now that he's on the Rams, I, I kind of uh, – uh, I mean, he's going to be back to trying to make a name for himself. He's still a young guy, but I still think Robert Woods uh, has a little bit more of a stranglehold on that number one receiver spot there. So, uh, yeah, I, I was I was happy he fell to me at that point. Yeah. I mean, to, to add him on the sort of the bottom of your wide receiver core to have as a flex, I mean, once again, flex or a fill-in, I mean, that's... For sure. Can't can't beat that. So I'm definitely looking at running backs. Totally disappointed Rex Burkhead. Just went right before I was ready to pick here. But looking at two guys, I'm going in between C.J. Anderson and Duke Johnson. And when I look at my team here... Melvin Gordon's going to participate in both avenues of the game, running and receiving. 
Lamar Miller, they use him, it seems like, more of a runner uh, in Houston. Royce Freeman, swing for the fence. Tariq Cohen, who knows, could be a dynamic pass catcher. Will they get him more involved in the running game? I think I'd like somebody that is... um, Boy, more, more of a classic type running back. I, I I think so, and the reason I say that is even though Jonathan Stewart wasn't the most exciting player in Carolina, McCaffrey didn't show that he could dominate the run game. So bringing C.J. Anderson in, a younger version of Jonathan Stewart, C.J. can show flashes at times. It's all about injury, and I think adding him to see if he can become that sort of touchdown maven on that team maybe get the goal line work I think I have to go with him and just sort of solidify some stability because I took some two uh, two upside picks with my last two running back picks I mean Jonathan Stewart last year got a lot of carries he was still very much involved in that offense so uh, there there's no reason for me to think that uh, CJ Anderson as the younger version of Jonathan Stewart uh, can't produce at least at that level or better uh, in that offense yeah, so, um, boy, he came back to me, and can I wait off one yeah, more round? And so there are a few tight ends I like. I still think I can wait another round. QB, there's so many players available that I like. I'm not even going to look at that. So you know what? I talked about him. I almost thought about taking him. I still have a lot of uh, wide receivers I like. I think I'm going to take Duke Johnson. I think his role's secure in that offense. He's going to be the pass catcher. And he proved to be, I don't want to say elite, but a great uh, pass catching running back. So I think I'm going to go with Duke Johnson since I almost took him. All right, so Dan, let me read off uh, the picks uh, since your pick, Robert Woods, since you're up here. So in the middle of the ninth round, Dan took Robert Woods. Then behind him went Jamison Crowder, Rex Burkhead. I took C.J. Anderson, Cooper Cup, Randall Cobb. I took Duke Johnson in the second pick of the 10th round, Marquise Goodwin, Chris Thompson, and now we're back up to Dan in the middle of the 10th round. It's funny because the two picks right before me were both the players that I wanted. Uh, I love Marquise Goodwin this year. Uh, Obviously, uh, from a couple of our podcasts before, I'm a big fan of Jimmy G this year, uh, and I think Marquise Goodwin, although PR Garcon is a more established receiver, uh, I picked up Marquise Goodwin off of the waiver wire last year, and he had some monster games late in the season. So, uh, man, I really wish I could have snagged him there. And then the other guy, uh, Chris Thompson. Uh, I mean, I... I feel like he's going to even be more of a uh, kind of X factor in the uh, Redskins offense this year because of how much checkdown work uh, that Alex Smith, Alex Smith does. Right. So let me see. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know what? I, I need another back. I only got three on the squad. Um, I'm going to take an upside pick. I'm going to take somebody who, uh, you know, maybe isn't going to play right away, but I think is going to get involved in that offense real quick. Are you getting a Dick. chub over there, Dan? Yeah, I'm getting Nick Chubb. <laughs> Dan sporting a chub on his team. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. Okay. So let me read off some of the picks, Dan. You're about to come up. So after Dan took Nick Chubb, Delaney Walker, 
then Alan Hearns, Isaiah Crowell. First defense, the Los Angeles Rams, who we're high on. That's our dynasty defense. Oh, yeah. We had Trey Burton, Devontae Parker, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jordan Reed, Ty Montgomery, Robbie Anderson, and boy, I was hoping one of those tight ends would come back to me. I was going to say, I was going to say, are you a little concerned now that uh, I, I, I think if, if I'm reading you right, Bob, I'm thinking you were hoping that Jordan Reed was going to fall to you. Yeah, because I think that I could take that chance on him and know that I could just play the waiver if he's not right. But I thought, you know, Alex Smith zeroed in on Travis Kelsey. And if he's healthy, he can produce that same level of, I mean, we saw it. When he was healthy, he played well. But here's one thing that I will say, and I doubt this will happen in most leagues, is the person that took Jordan Reed also had Evan Ingram. I I, I don't see a lot of people in our leagues taking two tight ends, so i got to keep that in mind. I think I could have got him. But it is what it is, and I've got to really work around it here and, and see what happens. But um, you're up on the board at uh, the middle of the 11th round, and what are your thoughts right now? There, There is still uh, my favorite back in the Great White North, Green Bay, available. Uh, I think, I mean, I, I understand that there's a lot of Aaron Jones hype. Uh, a lot of people still think Ty Montgomery is. I'm going to be able to be the uh, back in that offense. But, man, I think this guy is, is going to take it over this year. I expect him to be a monster this year, and I'm taking uh, Jamal Williams. Yeah, man, I can say we were definitely pleased with his production at the end of the year. Um, he definitely played a pivotal role. It looks like he can handle it. Um, and I think what's going to happen is they're probably all three going to play to start the year. But I wouldn't be surprised if Jamal Williams took over that role. Um, he showed he could handle it last year, and he produced. So, um, plus, I mean, with the squad that I have right now, like I don't need him to be my number one back. Right. Like, I don't need him to step up and uh, be the man right away because uh, I got Dalvin Cook and I've got Derrick Henry and I've got Marshawn Lynch and. So I can take a little bit of risk with Chubb and Williams and, ex- and kind of hope that they pan out throughout the season. The other thing is, is that uh, number one running backs are very hard to come by. Look at those first couple rounds, Bob. Uh, running backs flew off the board immediately. So the other thing is, is that if you can get one of these backs in the later rounds that has a chance to kind of take over that offense, oh, that's pretty good trade value right there. That's some good trade bait. So, uh, you know, if Jamal Williams takes over that backfield, uh, there's a good chance that I can flip him for uh you know a a higher quality receiver a higher quality uh quarterback somebody like that that i'm kind of waiting on until these later rounds yeah i mean you make great points all around so all right so i'm sitting here uh boy what do i do i've got five running backs i've got (laughs) four wide receivers which is the strategy i like to have here's where i would have picked a tight end and i I think it would have been jordan reed if he would have came back to me but i think right now i can take another player i mean you just talked about him uh with the pick in the previous rounds here um where you just missed him but um I think I might take George Kittle of San Francisco um, and see if Jimmy G can provide um, enough ammunition his way. Um, he's a popular breakout candidate with a lot of experts, and here's a position where I can take him. And if it doesn't work, you know, I can pretty much start streaming the position. So I'll take a chance with the upside of George Kittle and bits. I'm a little surprised that you did that, considering that we have. Uh, OJ Howard's still there. Najoku's still there. 
and Vance McDonald. Fancy Vance. Well, that could still come into play later in the draft, keep in mind. So oh, like okay. I'm not, yeah, I'm not out of the weeds there yet. But, <laughs> um, so let's take a look here. I'm back up. So after George Kittle went Jared Goff and then LeGarrette Blunt. So um, right now I could start thinking about quarterback. There are some quarterbacks that I like uh, on the board um, that I've talked about. And because I preached about him, I think this is an applicable round to take him in the 12th round. Matthew Stafford's staring me yeah. in the face right now. And yeah. If I can get him as my quarterback and then really not have to worry about it, I mean, this is basically the situation I talked about is his beginning schedule for the first, I think, five or six weeks leading up to his bye week, he should be able to light it up. And he's ultra consistent. And it's late enough in the draft where I think this is a guy that I like to target. I mean, there are a few guys that I still like out there, but the consistency that Stafford gives, I think it's a no-brainer to, to think about him, and I'm going to take him. Yeah, in the 12th round, I mean, there is nothing wrong with that. Now all the quarterbacks are starting to fly off the board. Yeah, it looks like I started uh, a little run there. Yeah, and okay, so I, I, I want to take a quarterback in this round. Um, because I don't want to miss out on having one of those better quarterbacks, like one of those higher quality guys. Uh, but you know what? I'm, I'm not going to make the homer pick, Bob. I'm not making it. I would love to stack them, uh, oh. but I'm not doing that. Yep. I, I would love to stack them, but I'm not doing it. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm going to do it again. Oh, I'm boy. going to do it again. Oh, boy. And, uh, Throwing them high school footballs. Yeah, there was this was somebody that a lot of people were talking about in terms of grabbing him late in the draft last year uh, because it was going to be such like kind of a value because you're getting this guy so late whenever in fantasy drafts before he was going in the earlier rounds. I mean, he was going in the fourth, fifth round most of the time. Uh, and now because of his injury concerns now because of the what the people are saying about his shoulder and stuff like that uh, he has dropped his draft value has gone uh, and it's, it's in the basement right now uh, but it's still Andrew Luck it's still Andrew Luck I mean we've seen what he can do he is a high quality NFL quarterback who can uh, throw the ball deep and he's got T.Y. Hilton and the other thing is, is that he is a very good runner. He's a good runner. He's a big guy. It was somebody who, when he first came to the league, I go, oh, that guy is like Ben Roethlisberger. That reminds me of young Big Ben. Uh, so I'm not going to take old Big Ben, uh, even though I'm, I don't want to take – I'm not going to do the homer. I'm taking Andrew Luck right here because that is a bargain in my, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, you said it. He showed when he's healthy he can produce number one overall quarterback season. So, I mean, if he's healthy and he's right, I don't see any reason why he can't do that again. And so, Dan, let me go ahead and read off the picks here because I know you're back up. So, started the 12th round, LeGarrette Blunt. I took Matthew Stafford. Then there's Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan. Dan took Andrew Luck. We've got the Vikings defense, Kelvin Benjamin, Corey Clement, Calvin Ridley. And then there's Big Ben to close out the 12th. Start the 13th, DJ Moore from Carolina, Nelson Aguilar, Doug Martin, Patrick Mahomes, Devonta Booker. And, Dan, you are back on the clock. Hmm. I mean, in these last couple rounds, Bob, you're really just kind of looking for somebody to 
kind of hit your home runs. Somebody who, who can uh, surprise some people, uh, kind of people who are coming out of nowhere and uh, are going to be uh, kind of shocking uh, that you took people there. Um, you know, at this point, I can still get somebody who is technically a number one receiver, somebody who can technically uh, still be the main focal point of one portion of this offense. And uh, that's Marquis Lee. So I'm going to take him because, I, I mean, he is the Jacksonville number one guy at this point. So I'm going to take him. Yeah, and after Marquis Lee went Jack Doyle, Los Angeles Chargers defense, and I'm back on the clock. And there is a guy that I spoke about as a Greg value on the last episode. And uh, at this point, he would be my fifth wide receiver. So I'm going to keep it short and sweet and practice what I preach. I'm going to take Rashard Matthews as my 13th round selection. Mr. Reliable. And after Rashard Matthews went the Philadelphia Eagles defense, Chris Carson, and I'm back on the clock here. And so, Dan, we talked about, um, you know, oh, there's David Njoku and Vance McDonald. Mm -hmm. And because I'm not super confident uh, and 100% sure with George Kittle, and I feel like my wide receiver core is solidified, I like where my running backs are, and there's nothing that really tickles my fancy. (laughs) I think at this point I'm just going to double up and see how it plays out. I'm going to take David Njoku. The other thing is is that uh, you can play two tight ends. You can. I mean, you, you can flex him out. Uh, so if you have Njoku who's going to kind of play, who maybe he has a breakout season, maybe he has a Gronk-type season, uh, I, I have no problem playing those game breakers in that flex spot, even if it's a tight end. Uh, so, yeah, I like that pick. I mean, obviously, I think he's a Craig value. I expect big things out of him this year. Uh, so uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of jealous of that pick there, Bob. That's nice. That's a nice grab. Thanks, man. And then uh, just to recap, Dan's on the board. So 14th round, Chris Carson, David Njoku, Sterling Shepard, Kenny Trill Stills, and Dan. You're up in the 14th round. So who are you thinking about? Hmm. And keep in mind, we've got two more rounds left, so we have to think. Uh, if you pick a positional player, we're down to defenses and kickers after this. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy that's that's tough so like i think the running backs that are still out there i mean you have latavius murray uh i don't really care about grabbing handcuffs i feel like uh if they come up and if somebody goes down with injury you know i'll try to outbid them on the waiver wire i would rather try to grab people who i'm interested in having on my team uh and you know there isn't anyone who's tickling my fancy uh with uh running backs and i don't think you could never have too many receivers and this was a guy who showed a lot of uh potential on those long balls and he uh you know and he has a uh a real chance to make some noise uh, even though I'll, I have the other Detroit Lions receiver, I'm going to take Kenny Galladay right here. Kenny G. Smooth jazz. Kenny yeah, I mean, G. I, I think he was showing promise uh, to begin the year. I think he had a really good game to start the year, and it looked like, okay, he's going to really just move into that spot. So he definitely has that upside to show um, as a possibly a number two and a hell of a number three wide receiver on that team with Golden Tate and Marvin Jones. 
so now I have to take a defense. Defense and kickers. Wah, wah. Yeah, there's no analysis needed here. So, Homer. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I think I'm gonna I'm gonna believe in what the Saints did last year. Take the Saints. And we're going to close it out, so i got to take a kicker. And, Dan, I'm going to take your line. Homer, Chris Boswell. But, uh, I mean, he, he's a guy who's going to score you points, though, Bob. I mean, that offense moves the ball, and he has been so consistent as a kicker. Uh, so, you know, I cannot – if that if if he was there for me, uh, I would have taken him as well. And uh, with kicker, I guess I'm just going to go with – uh, one of the higher powered offenses and I'm going to take a uh, grand gunno. Oh, you gunno it, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> you gunno it, Bob. <laughs> so that just wraps up our draft and I, I think it was really successful. Um, uh, it was a lot of fun to do, so I think we're going to do some more mock drafts uh, coming up. Uh, what we're going to do to um, close out this episode is our Twitter, Twitter poll this week will be grade mine, Dan, and mine and Dan's team. Who had the better team? We want to get your, in thoughts, or your thoughts, your input, and I can't speak English right now because it's getting late <laughs> at night, but we're going to leave it up to you guys. Tell us who you liked. Tell us what you thought about the teams, and it's going to be who had a better team, Bob or Dan. I just I'm curious to see what the others think because I think we took a little bit of a different strategy to start the draft, where you were able to snag two elite number ones and then fill in your running back depth, depth and your wide receiver depth. Where I just focus on running backs and wide receivers. I didn't like my running backs at first. I think I solidified my back end of the running backs, even though I'm still not super pleased. As long as I get one of Lamar Miller, Royce Freeman, Cohen, Anderson, Duke Johnson to step up, I'm happy because I love my wide receiver core. Dan, what's, if, what's your last thought on your team? If, if one of those backs hits for you, Bob, you're in good shape. Uh, I, I, I love my team. Uh, if, if my team even resembles this, I'm going to be pretty happy about it. Uh, again, like I want one of those elite guys at every single position, and I've got that. I've got it the number one receiver i got the number one tight end and i got two running backs with extremely high upside so um, yeah i'm pretty thrilled with uh, how this turned out for me um i think the voting the voting will uh, settle it bob but you know what i like my team a lot I'm yeah man I-, I like what i'm seeing on your team as well you, you got such top heavy elite why you know players in your first Three picks. I mean, Dalvin Cook showed it. So, I mean, if you can get a running back, wide receiver, tight end, I had to pick on the scrap heap there at the tight end, so I had to wait. But uh, we'll see if it plays out. So, yeah, catch that on Twitter. We'll leave it open for the week, and we'll give the results at the end of the week. Um, so, Dan, let's go ahead and close the show up with um, how you can follow us on social media, Not Takes FF. That's N-O-T-T-A-K-E-S-F-F. We're on Twitter and Instagram. If you feel free to email us if you have any questions, if you have any feedback, nottakesff at gmail.com. For those that follow us on Anchor, it's anchor.fm slash nottakesff. This will show you everywhere our podcast is available. We're pretty much everywhere now outside of Spotify, and I'm working to get us on Spotify. So please catch us, and please leave us any uh, voicemails if you're on Anchor. We can use those on future shows. Nolan, I'm talking to you. So you called us out and said you wanted to leave one. We want to listen to it. 
And then if you're on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show. Five stars would be great. We're working on the production aspect of it, adding drops, making sure our microphones come through clear so we're still building on that. But a five-star rating really helps us out and really helps our podcast to grow. And Dan, give a shout-out to your brother. Yeah, Tom. Uh, you're the one responsible for this uh, fantastic intro song, Alma. Uh, we love it. It's uh, it's a Greg song, Tom. So shout out to my brother for the intro. Yeah, and catch us next week, guys, when we're going to talk Dynasty. We may even have a special guest on the episode to talk about his Dynasty strategy. But The in, champ could be here. Yeah, the champ, the three-time champ could be here. So That's we look, right. We look forward to talking about Dynasty because we got to get ready for a Dynasty draft. And uh, on that note, we hope to catch you guys next week. Later, Dan. What?